In this episode, we had a chance to talk to Nick Spalling, a professional hockey player who was born near the Waterloo Region area and has had a successful career leading up to the NHL. He has played for teams like Nashville, Toronto Maple Leafs, Pittsburgh, and San Jose. It was amazing to talk the behind the scenes and the mindset of a professional athlete. He then played hockey in Switzerland and had a great time experiencing the culture and lifestyle. Nick was overall an amazing guy and hope you enjoy the podcast as much as we did. Record and then just go Me right too. In. As you take this gum out, that's a bad idea. There we go. All right. All ready to go? Yep. Yep. Set. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Our guest for today's episode won a Spangler Cup, played 439 NHL games, which is a long shot record for our podcast. Please welcome Nick Spallen. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, what, what are you doing right now? Like, we don't, it's, it's hard to tell because we obviously don't know you personally and all we see is your hockey career, right? So what, what have you been doing recently and been up to the last year and especially with COVID? Yeah, I had uh, actually had wrist surgery after my last uh, season over in Switzerland and um, hasn't recovered super great. So I've been kind of forced into a little bit of retirement from that. So I'm, you know, still working on recovering a little bit from that. And uh, during this time, I'm not doing much. This COVID thing, obviously, has everybody been on lockdown. But yeah, otherwise, just just staying at home and a uh, bit of an early retirement here. For sure. Have you been uh, out golfing at all or taking advantage of the nice weather we yeah. had? Or? Out there for a little bit of golf. Um, I haven't been able to play much in the past few years just due to different injuries that I've had. So I got a long way to work my way back to yeah, respect players, that's for sure. <laughs> are are you ever, like are you trying to get back to hockey? Like this is from people obviously we don't know, right? Yeah. Um, is it something you still like obviously everyone wants to is that something you see yourself doing? not realistic at this point i mean once you're out for a couple years it's you know the first year staying in shape is not too bad but going on the second year it's not going so well so i uh yeah first i got to get this uh wrist figured out i'm still working on that a little bit but other than that I, i think the hockey's um not looking so great for the future so it's um yeah just moving on to different things whatever that may be we definitely have had a good run, so that's that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun while it lasted, that's for sure. Yeah, so we got to cover a lot in a short amount of time, so we'll get right into it. We'll just we want to um, we don't need to go into detail, but we definitely want to mention that. Obviously, I, I researched you grew up in Palmerston, right? Is that correct? And yeah, I was, uh, Drayton, born and raised in Drayton, which is okay. And that's our local little hospital town, so I get that one all the time. But yeah, I'm from a little small town outside of Waterloo here. Yeah, and I, I the thing I wanted to point out is that we've had we have a lot of junior B guests, and a lot of our guests played. It's it's pretty weird how much of our local guests played junior B for a year, just like you did, like uh, Justin Auger, for example. He was just on, and you went out Zach Dalpy played a year of junior B before they moved on to the OHL or BC or whatever. And so it's cool. What was your experience like in Listowel? I know it's it's a Listowel's a big deal now. Was it the same then? Yeah, well, Listowel was you know, looking back, obviously it's tough to really pick a favorite year, but that was probably one of the most fun. My first experience in junior hockey. Um it's my local kind of town too, Listowel, Elmira, but um Listowel's pretty local and so I was fortunate enough to play with uh, my brother was on the team. Um, a bunch of high school guys that, you know, were a few years old than me were on the team. And yeah, I got to experience it with pretty much a group of friends. So, you know, your buddies get to come watch every night. We ended up going on a, a good run. I think we were finished seventh something on the year and we ended up winning the Cherry Cup. So it was a pretty, uh, pretty special year because the, the town got behind us and, and it was, uh, you know, that small town around here just uh, kind of dropped everything and the rink was packed. It was pretty fun. You think it was pretty cool to be able to stay local through your whole uh, junior career? Yeah, that was uh, so. When I played in Listowel, that was the year after my um, OHL draft year, um, my first eligibility. I didn't get drafted, so I went to Listowel and then you know trying to figure it out a little bit um, what to do. So it was nice to stay local for that. And then when I got the uh, 
the second year in the draft, I, I wasn't really even thinking really about the OHL draft at all. And I got called by uh, Kitchener. And obviously that's a no-brainer being from here and, and having the opportunities. So when they told me they were going to draft me, I was uh, pretty pretty excited about that. And, and that helped sway me obviously back towards the OHL. We'll, we'll jump into, we don't, like I said, we got so much to cover. Uh, I just want to talk about the winning the OHL championship in your final year, you played junior and uh, obviously being in the Moral Cup. And was it in Kitchener that year? Yeah, we hosted as well. Yeah, so yeah, we won. Uh, we had a pretty good, we had a pretty good team. We had a good team every year. I was in. Uh, sorry, dogs are going crazy here. No problem. Uh, we had a we had a pretty good team actually every year in Kitchener. We had like a lot of first round draft picks and um, yeah. But then that year was my last year, and we yeah we hosted. We had a pretty good team going into the year. Made a few of those trades, you know, that helped obviously. Um, then we ended up winning the OHL championship was pretty fun. If you look up the lock roster, there's some, some pretty good players on there. A lot of NHL players now, um, which is cool. Just, you know, we got the cross pass going later into my career as well. So, you know, and any of those relationships in junior are special, but then when you get to experience, you know, hockey, another level with those guys, it's pretty fun. Awesome. Yeah. How was, um, just, I'm sure we won't go like too, too deep into it, but I'm just kind of curious, how was like your, your mindset going into the Memorial, Memorial Cup and at such a young age, like obviously having a great turnout, how was, how was that experience? Yes, I was fortunate to be in, uh, you know, my third year, so that obviously helped. Um, you know, you're not, the, you're not as nervous anymore from, from that aspect, but being local right. and, and just, you know, it's a pretty big event at the time and, and to be hosting, there's a little bit of pressure, and, and we had a good team. I think we were ranked pretty high, and, and uh, you know we had some pressure on us. We didn't end up winning, which is unfortunate. We lost the finals, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely at the time probably the biggest thing that I played in. So it was, uh, you know, it was a fun pressure that you got to experience, and, and you got to experience around home and your your home arena and all your family and friends able to come. It was that made it a little more special. Yeah, awesome. you got at a ridiculous team. I'm just looking at it now for the first time. Cadre uh, <clears throat> when he was 17, Yannick Weber. Uh, there's a bunch of guys. Robert Bertuzzo, Mikel Bodker. Like, yeah. That team must have been unreal in junior. Yeah, we had some. We had a pretty good team. We had uh, Mason was our goalie. Steve Mason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't play in the Memorial Cup actually. He had hip surgery, second round of playoffs maybe, but. Um, yeah, we had a lot of uh, a lot of guys that went on to good NHL. So it was a pretty good team. And you, you'd say there was a lot of pressure though through that whole thing, just because it was local and. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think when you're young and and maybe a little, we definitely had some pressure. Um, yeah, winning the OHL and, and being you know the host team, and I think there was some pressure, but I don't think I think it was. You know, there was too much excitement for us that we maybe didn't notice it as much, or you, you know, you're just so excited to be there. And um, it's just adrenaline's cool. going too. Yeah, adrenaline's going, and, and having the hometown fans you get, you know, you lose a little bit of that pressure maybe with the uh, gets changed into excitement pretty fast when you're at home still. So that was uh, that was cool to see. And then we'll jump right into pro. I don't mean to move it on quick or anything, but um. Yeah, you noticed your first year in Milwaukee. Like looking at it, like Milwaukee is isn't something you think of as a hockey city. What what it was it city wise, fan wise? What was it like playing your first year pro there? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a cool city. I mean, you'll get mixed reviews if you ask uh, the guys that played in Milwaukee. Uh, some guys for some reason didn't like it, but I loved it. It was a little bit of a blue collar city, <clears throat> which is. Uh, know kind of my style of city it was it was low-key but it was uh it was a lot of fun i mean it's a pretty big city too but um it was a lot of fun arena because we played where the bucks played so oh cool you know obviously we didn't sell out in the minors they don't sell an arena that size uh out so we would have kind of lower bowl usually full but you get a couple of those games with a big concert after or something it'd be packed it's pretty fun to to experience um you know, my first year in the minors, but it was a, it was a good city. We're an hour or something from Chicago. Um, you know, the Western conference of the American league, you got to travel a lot more. So we had to, you know, we had to fly down to Texas. We had to go up to Abbotsford. We had to do a little bit more of that travel, which was, 
a little bigger than the the Eastern Conference, but you don't get to play the Eastern Conference, so it's a, it's a bit of a weird setup that way. So uh, yeah, my first uh, spent a year and a half there, and um, yeah, I, I liked it. It's it's fun. It's quite the league for uh, you know starting out. You jump in from junior when you're coming as kind of one of the oldest guys, and then you you know all of a sudden you're playing with thirty five year olds, and and it's a whole new experience right away. Did you find it challenging, uh, like the adjustment from? from OHL to uh to pro yeah it's definitely different you know the age thing's a big thing um you know you all of a sudden you jump from everybody's pretty similar and, and same interests in the same uh you're at the same point in life in junior and then you go to pro with uh you know guys have families guys have you know different things going on and and it's you know it's a bit of a difference that way you know the off ice the off ice lifestyles you know you're on your own now fully on your own living in you know your grown-up life where you're coming from you know getting babied by a billet for you know your past three or four years and now you're you got to go take care of yourself so you got to you know get that in check and uh and then yeah that aspect of now you're around you know the 30 year olds and the even 25 is 20 year olds you know that's a big gap you just aren't you aren't used to so it was, it was different but I mean I was pretty fortunate to play on a lot of uh, good teams with um, good guys and and <clears throat> usually you'd come across somebody in the you know hockey world small that you you know from somewhere um, like I had uh, Cal O'Reilly was in Milwaukee when I was there who's from um, up near Seaforth area and he played with my brother growing up so I had a connection with him I knew him a little bit from you know here and there skating the summer so you know that made it easy and then plus your your camps being drafted to Nashville I had you know you go to summer camps and you you know you meet all the other prospects that you get to play with and then your main camp you you get to meet the guys in Milwaukee every year like not that you develop a relationship but you know them and and you get to uh you know experience that a little bit then uh, like moving on so you obviously you plus played a year and a half and then you went to Nashville and do you, do you remember the, like something that we like to hear the behind the scenes is, do you remember that moment finding out you're finally going to get to the NHL? Yeah. Yeah. I was in uh, I was on a road trip actually. Um, and uh, the big road trip was playing back against Toronto and Hamilton. So obviously in Milwaukee, my friends and family didn't get to come watch a lot. So that was all, you know, that was an exciting, you know, it was my second year, but it's always, exciting to have that chance for them to all come out my buddies were coming down and we were in um i don't know which one we were either in toronto or in hamilton we were playing a back-to-back with them so um then after the first game up there i was uh i got called after the bust by the coach and he told me i was going up i had to pull my bag off and uh i was leaving the next morning to go to nashville so that was pretty cool yeah. uh it was an early flight my buddies were all primed up to come to the you know the game the next day in whatever one Toronto or Hamilton so they ended up coming to the uh coming to the airport at like 5 a.m for my flight probably straight from the bar in Toronto and uh, so I got to see about six of them see me off which was pretty cool and then flew into Nashville that day for the game seems like everything happened so quick like you're just just like that and you're off off the road to Nashville that's pretty cool yeah, yeah, it happens fast. Like you just all of a sudden you get that call, and usually it's an injury, right? So you got to go up and and uh, you know it's within the day or or two days, and you got to leave to go up. And I was fortunate that my uh, <clears throat> my brother and dad actually got hopped on a flight later, and and they came down and saw the game too. So that was pretty cool. Oh, okay, awesome. Is, now is we've asked this to a bunch of our uh, guests so far, but um. Did you find it kind of like a an unreal moment? Like the the goal for everyone is to make it to the NHL, but the, we know that like a, not a lot of people are able to do it. So being able to like actually make it, did you find that a really cool or amazing or like disbelief situation? Yeah, it's it's hard to put into words. I would say like you know that first step of being drafted is you know you have this uh, feeling of making it, and you just you know it's. Uh, gives you that false feeling of kind of making it, although there's a lot of work and, and, you know, a lot of guys get drafted that never play. And so you, you get a little bit of that false feeling of you've already made it and, but it's exciting. I mean, it's still fortunate to be drafted, but uh, to actually get the call and to go up and, and uh, when you, when you go on the ice for that first time is when it fully sets in, it's, 
yeah, it's a pretty cool experience. You don't, uh, you're nervous. You're, you know, you barely remember what's going on. You don't know anybody. So it's like, you know, you're playing with guys like, you know, my first year, my first game there, <clears throat> I had, uh, you know, Steve Sullivan was on the team, Jason Arnett. Obviously, some younger guys were Shea Weber, Ryan Suter, you know, guys like that. So you're pretty intimidated going to the locker room. You know, you've watched yeah, some that. of these guys for years and, and it's a, uh, <clears throat> pretty pretty intimidating spot to be but you just kind of take it all in and you're yeah you don't even remember you don't even remember the day after you're done you go home to bed and it's just a big blur uh, something that i would like to add to keith uh, is is it a relief in some way like you know like you're obviously you're trying to play in the nhl when you're in the ohl and you're in the ahl like you're just like i want to be in the nhl and, and then you get that phone call is that like is it a relief yeah, I mean that's that's a good way to put it. I think you know when when you're playing in the American League, it's it's a grind of a league a little bit because everybody's playing to get called up. You know, you know, eighty percent of the players are playing to get called up. Some of them are American League deals, or some of them are on East Coast American League deals. So maybe they're not, you know, they're not hoping as much or thinking as much they're going to get called up that year. But you know, everybody else is wanting to get called up, and you know, you see guys get called up while you're still playing there and. And even though you know they should be getting called up, you still, you know, you you do want to be called up. So when it finally happens, it's definitely a relief. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a unique feeling. It's a, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's, it's you know, it's a mixed emotions, but you definitely have a little feel of relief just to get that call and, and yeah, verify that you kind of made it. Yeah, did you, you were able to play uh, four and a half seasons with Nashville after that? How amazing was that experience in that fan base? And like, was the atmosphere really crazy as well? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, the city in, in general is awesome. Um, the the arena. I mean, I think it it was kind of an undercover city. I didn't even when I got drafted, barely knew where it was, you know, and I didn't uh, know much about it. The arena, I didn't, didn't know much about their team, to be honest. And and then when I got down there, they were like, their fans were probably one of the loudest in the league. Like, they were crazy. They loved it. They just loved the hockey. They didn't, you know, at the time in their early years, their new franchise relatively too at the time, at the same time. So they're probably still getting a hang of the rules and all that stuff, but they were just like fully into it, cheering. Like they cheer right through the TV timeout in the third period, which was pretty cool. They cheer like, like crazy they they were a really cool fan base to be part of um and then the city the city was you know my favorite by far if i was american i'd be living in nashville for sure but um yeah it's a, it's a really cool spot that that goes right into the next one like I, i'm a huge country guy nate and keith are a big fan of country assuming you are from where you grew up but was that was that also a big bonus yeah yeah i wasn't a huge country guy maybe when I started there and like country was just becoming big then too. Right. Like it was, it was popular, but not crazy, crazy popular. Um, <clears throat> and by the time I played there for a year, my first full year, like, yeah, you're in the country. It's just cool to see the live music down there. And, and, you know, you run into the musicians out and about like, cause country wasn't what it was, what it is now. So you would see them, you know, at the theater, you'd see like some of the biggest stars around and nobody bothered them. Whereas now I think they would be on a little more lockdown, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a cool spot to be. Cool. How was, it's kind of just my curious question. Like how was, I mean, you've, you definitely seem like you climbed the ranks. How was like to compare each lifestyle? Like, did you find, obviously like when you go to the pro league, did you find like you were hustling more? Or was it kind of just more organized and laid back and you just kind of had to grind your workouts and like your games and stuff? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously, yeah, it's it's a uh, definitely more of a grind in the American League. There's just a, a bunch of differences um, from the way you you know travel to the way your you know your schedule. Um, you just don't you know once you get up to the NHL, it changes completely. You know, you're still busting in the American League for four or five hours to some games. Uh, you know, you're flying commercial and all that stuff. So then once you get up, it just is that much easier. You fly to every game, you know, you come home after every game or, you know, depending on the road trip, but they just, it almost is like the higher level you go, the easier it gets. Um, not necessarily on the ice, but to an extent also on the ice because you're playing with better players and, and, you know, they're just that much better and they understand the game that much more that, that you, 
you know, it just makes it easier for everybody. So it's almost easier to play once you get up there. The American leagues, obviously, everybody's trying to get called up. So everybody's going a hundred percent. And sometimes it causes a little bit of guys to run out of, you know, just going a little too crazy and it makes it tough because it's, it's a battle down there. Whereas once you're up, you just have a little more of, you know, those really high end skill guys that you can't be going as crazy. And so it's, it's a little more of a controlled game, which is, uh, you know, nice to finally get, once you get there, it's nice to be a part of that. Yeah, I bet. That's awesome. And then the the last thing before we move on from Nashville is you mentioned that like something that obviously huge name Shea Weber and you said you're kind of with the younger, younger Shea Weber at the time. What, what was he like? Um, I don't know. Was he, I'm assuming he was a captain by the time you were, you were out of there and, what was he like? That's a big name that all of our listeners know. Yeah, yeah, we had a we had a couple big names, but he would be probably the biggest just due to yeah, Team Canada and and uh, the type of player he is and and the type of players became since then. But yeah, he was uh, you know a great guy, small town guy from out west. Um, I was fortunate that he was uh, you know definitely helped me out a ton in my my career, my my journey down there. Um, he let me stay at his house most years before the season started for finding a place. I lived with him during the lockout. Um, so I got to spend quite a bit of time with him and, and, um, yeah, he's just, a, just an easy going guy. And as a player, I think you've seen just an incredible competitor. He is, he's, he's that guy that nobody wants to play against. And, uh, and he's, yeah, he's got obviously that rocket of a shot as well. So uh, he was, yeah, he was in Nashville for a while. It was pretty, uh, pretty tough day to see him get traded. I was already gone, but um, yeah, he was, he was definitely there for for a long time and a huge part of that team and a huge part of kind of their their success that they've they've gotten to today. You know that he's he brought them a long way from being that you know new team in the league to becoming competitive. So I think he was, uh, you know, he was that guy. He was a captain for. I don't know how many years when I was there, two maybe, and uh, maybe three. And he was an easy example to follow. He just uh, didn't say a ton, but you just watch him play every night, and it was uh, you couldn't help but work hard from watching that. Uh, then moving on to Pittsburgh, like, what was that even like? You're going in. You said you already had that moment where you came in, all of a sudden you're playing with these stars, but... Pittsburgh obviously has been stacked for the last 10 years. Latang, Malkin, Crosby, obviously. What was it like first originally, like starting to practice with those guys every day? And and were you upset to go to Pittsburgh from Nashville at the start, or was it like a good trade? Yeah, I was. it was mixed emotions a little bit. I was, um, yeah, I mean, I love Nashville, and I was... Uh, it was just a very community feel. The city, you know, I have tons of friends that I still talk to from Nashville that didn't play on the team. Um, we were just kind of a part of the, the city, which was really cool. I spent, yeah, like it's a city that I continue to go back to. I just, I just really like it. So it was, it was tough to leave that. And the, and the team we had was a very close team. Obviously, I spent time there, but you're so close that it's, it was tough to get traded. And I was, um, I was coming off my best year yet, so it was, you know, that made it little bit tougher too um but i mean that's just kind of that's where you notice the business side of the game which is which is yeah part of it that's the part you don't maybe think of when you're a kid just think about the nhl but there's the the business side and and sometimes you gotta you know i know when i got traded it wasn't uh there was no hard feelings and i talked to the nashville gm and he just said it was you know one of those things that you had to be added in and and you know it's the way it goes but um yeah then i mean you're disappointed to leave, but you're also excited just knowing the potential in, in the team you're joining. Like, uh, Nashville was still a little bit of a lower budget team when I was there. They didn't have maybe, they were just starting to get the uh, financial support they needed to kind of push them to that next level. Whereas, you know, you're going to Pittsburgh where it's, you know, the history of winning there is incredible. It's crazy. So you're just, yeah. you know, you're joining a, an elite franchise right away and those, those stars. So um, there was definitely excitement to go there not that uh but still some disappointment to leave you know and what can you tell us about crosby i've said on this podcast if we get crosby i'll stop doing it <laughs> but what can you tell us about him just every day or as in the season just anything he's i mean i could ask that every pretty much by everybody <laughs> like no matter if it's a interview or a 
you know, just a kid that you see at a, some sort of event or even the parents, you know, people that I see at, at a hockey school or something, they ask pretty much the first question, like, what was it like? But I mean, it's the typical answer, but he's, he's a great guy. Like, I mean, I don't think you can ask for a, uh, a better guy to be the ambassador of your sport than a guy like him. I think the kids can look up to him because he is, uh, you know, he is that good person. He's a good guy and he works hard and, and uh, he, he earns everything that he's got. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the perfect guy to be, you know, the role model for your sport. He's not getting in trouble. He's not, uh, he's not out doing anything crazy. He's living his life. He's having fun, but I mean, he, he's a little more private than, than some people maybe like, but it's just, uh, that's just who he is. And, and he still likes to go out and have fun, but he's, yeah, he's just a, a good guy, low key and uh, yeah, great for the game. This is really putting on your spot, but in, in Pittsburgh or really anywhere, did you have any any pretty funny money on the board scenarios? Or you heard those? You hear the stories on Spit and Chicklets of when Crosby was on about Whitney when he was on Pittsburgh and they're dropping thousands just in warm up. Like, do you have any yeah. crazy stories from Pittsburgh or any team? Um, <clears throat> yeah, like Nashville was probably the most the most guys like per night we'd have to put money on the board for silly things like but it was it was lower amounts which was nice but like if you got to change your helmet or you did something stupid if somebody call you out and you got to put money on the board um it was just kind of a joke like more of a for fun well i mean it's for fun everywhere but a little bit more of a joke there um then pittsburgh i don't remember anything too crazy pretty pretty normal um toronto was the highest for sure they were putting they would put lots on there some of the guys would <clears throat> there'd be times i don't know like how much sometimes they get pretty heavy but there'd be some pretty big amounts put up there um i got a bad memory for stuff like that but i mean no problem um i know toronto is definitely the uh the one where you see the boys spend it up a little bit more it was uh, a <laughs> it was pretty pretty eye-opening but th- those ones they put it on less it would just be for major events um whatever it is, something big happened, you'd have to put yeah, money. Could you explain it a bit for our listeners who don't know? And Nate and Keith probably don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, well, it's it's not even an easy thing to explain because it's, you know, it's different. But it's uh, basically, if something happens, usually it's the most common is if your family's in town or, um, you know, you got, you know, friends in town or something the team, you, you, you have to put money on the board, which is uh, you put an amount on the board and most teams, there's a minimum that it's like, whatever it is, $300 on the board. And if you win that game, then you have to pay into the team fund, which is the team party fund or the, um, yeah, the team party fund, you pay them and then it goes towards whatever your next team dinner or your next whatever. So, uh, yeah, and it's different things. There's been some, you know, Nashville was the funniest ones. Like it was literally anything you'd get guys up there, like it, who knows, it'd be somebody and it goes around the room. You'd be sitting before the game and somebody kind of calls somebody out under their breath and then a couple <laughs> guys get on them. And then it would be, uh, you know, you feel so you just feel guilty and you got to go up and put some money on the board. But, um, yeah, that's how it works. I don't, I don't know where it started or why it started, but if you lose the game, you don't got to pay. So I guess the theory is, you're wanting the teams yeah to lose (laughs) (laughs) oh i mean i guess the theory is you want to win when you're you know when something happens like your friends are in town like you want to win for them so you're you know you're putting money on the board to win but it turns almost the opposite sometimes (laughs) yeah guys force you to put it up there but it's pretty crazy to hear that the minimum like and me going playing junior c if you uh don't pick up pucks or whatever you're paying five bucks and in the nhl it's hundreds and hundreds that's, <laughs> yeah that's... sometimes be fines on there as well i guess but usually the fines are just a set thing but once in a while they'll let you put it on the board to play for it in case you know maybe you lose you don't have to pay it but yeah usually it's just the uh the other things now after pittsburgh you went to you got traded to Toronto. Would you be able to talk about that a little bit as well? And it was part of the Phil Kessel trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think every every place that I got got to play, I was pretty fortunate. I mean, they all have a bit of a special spot, kind of meant something in on their own ways. You know, Nashville was just kind of like my second home for being there so long. Pittsburgh was obviously playing with the best players in the world, and then Toronto was my hometown that I grew up watching and, and I was a huge Leafs fan growing up. So 
when I got that call, I was actually in Toronto the night before at a buddy's house and was driving home and I got called out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it at all. Like I didn't, wow. didn't even have a clue. Like, and then, uh, um, yeah, I got the call on the way home and I don't know when it was, if it was the draft or whatever it was, it was in the summertime and my agent told me I was getting traded to Toronto. He was pretty sure. And he wasn't even sure because it was, you know, supposed to be somebody else. But then Toronto was asking for me to come and it was a little bit of confusion. They were trying to figure out the deal. And he said, yeah, it might be happening. And I was like, well, I got nervous right away because yeah. obviously that's quite the move from being away from home my whole career to coming back home. But uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I was able to come back and, you know, get to be a part of those family things again, got to kind of be around for holidays and stuff. So it was a special year to be able to do that. Yeah, that, that's also awesome. cool playing in that stadium. Yeah, the Air Canada Centre is pretty cool. It's a little, little bit quieter maybe than, you know, some of the other ones. But like, it just has that, it has that kind of NHL feel. Like, it's got that you know, <laughs> kind of feel when you're in there. Maybe from being from here and growing up, like it's just got that. When you step on the ice, you're just kind of like, you know, you know where you are. You know, like it's yeah. got that that NHL feel. So it, it is cool to play there. And then all like that's that's pretty cool. Also, like I don't know if you find it cool. Like I find it pretty cool. Like the Phil Kessel trades, trade is something everyone around here like remembers. It's one of the significant trades because that was su- that was such a big deal at the time. Kessel leaving Toronto, so that's pretty cool that you're a part of that too. Yeah, I mean it was obviously a rebuilding year for Toronto, so they actually uh, they tried to trade for <clears throat> young guys and guys kind of on their last year of their contract, and they were signing guys to one year deals because they wanted to basically just accumulate draft picks, trade everybody they could at the deadline. They kind of told us before the year started that uh, this is rebuilding year, and if they're able to trade us at the deadline, we're going to get traded, and they want to accumulate the draft picks that they can and, you know, potentially re-sign after the year. But that's that was just kind of their what they're going for, and obviously it's worked out for them, and they got a lot of great draft picks. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting thing to be a part of, that's for sure. Yeah, I bet. And um, especially, like, like you said, like you played for America for so long. Like, was it, was it pretty different to kind of be home in, in Canada? And like, did you find it like, obviously like Toronto's got a huge fan base. Like, did you find it more pressure than you were? Like, do you find that you had more eyes kind of on you or? Yeah, it was, it was a different feeling. I mean, obviously just being Canadian and, and you get a little bit of that, um, you know, when you come home in the summers and, and you get people asking for stuff and whatnot, which is, you know, which is cool. It's fun to be able to give back and, and yeah. help out in any way. And, and you want to take, um, you know, your family and friends on the on the ride with you. But in Toronto, you, you kind of did notice a little more people you didn't know so much. And, and, you know, I appreciate all the support I got. But, like, you get to definitely a few more messages, like, from people you didn't really even know, like, asking for tickets or... Um, just because that was that, uh, you know, that close to home kind of thing. And, and you would get a lot of a lot of random kind of stuff, whereas when you're far away, you didn't have that. So it was, um, you know, that big city is definitely different. It's, it's uh, you know, Toronto, Montreal is is a different uh, type of city to play in, I think. That's, a, that's actually one of the next questions we have. Uh, questions is, like, were you just getting asked for tickets left and right when you came home? Like, I could only imagine, like, for, like Clifford's right by us in air, and I, I can only imagine who's getting asked for tickets from everyone there. Like, was that something that it's not annoying, but it's like every game? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. You know, my family and friends are really good about it. They didn't, uh, I think they kind of known just from being around for years that that this was going to be a thing. So you definitely get some get some asks, but uh, it also helped that, well, it didn't help, but it made it kind of worse too. But the, uh, they implemented a new rule of like we had to start paying for our tickets for our guests. So um, they got pricey too. They like uh, a couple, you know, 300 bucks a night for tickets or some per ticket. And, and yeah. so it was easier to tell people like, sorry, like I can't, you know, get you five or six tickets tonight. Cause I got, you know, my parents came to pretty much every game, but, um, and obviously your family, you're going to bring them to any game they want. But uh, I was, I was pretty lucky that my, uh, main group of friends and and all my family they were pretty respectful and they never they definitely didn't ever go over the line or hassle me for anything sometimes you were kind of wondering like do your buddies want to watch here or not but uh, <laughs> no they were definitely respectful for that 
Would you say Toronto was one of your favorite places to play just because of that homey feeling? Yeah, it's, it was, I mean, it's tough to pick. I would say Nashville was up there for being there the longest. Um, you know, I had those, you know, those relationships for three or four years and our team didn't change a lot. So, you know, you just had, it was a really special spot for me. Um, but then Toronto being around home and, I mean, if I could have been there longer, it would have, yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough to explain the, you know, the convenience of being around home, being able to, you know, go see your family on an off day or go see, you know, go home for that holiday when you have, you know, 12 hours kind of to get out of the city, but like, you can't do that obviously in the States. So you take that for granted. So it was pretty special to do that. Um, and, you know, to be able to do that, there's only a couple guys in the league, obviously, that can do that because, you know, not even the Toronto guys are all from the area. So it's, uh, you know, I was pretty fortunate to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, I bet. Then as we're slowly winding up, we've got to talk about the magical San Jose run, obviously. And we we saw there, I was surprised I didn't see very many hockey pictures uh, on your Instagram, but that was obviously one of them. And well, what's that even like that, like, uh, it obviously sucks you didn't win. We'll always talk about that, but <laughs> what you guys won three series like that must have been just amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something special to be a part of. Um, obviously, the, the playoffs are always really cool. Like, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Like the uh, you know the regular season and playing is is special, but that playoffs, I don't know what it is. It's just it is totally different, and and the energy in the buildings is different, and. And it's just a, uh, it's an awesome thing to be a part of. And then to go on a, to go on a run like that, and you, you kind of had a feeling when I got traded there, you could just see that their team was, you know, their team was really close. Um, they were playing so well. They were, they just had a, they had a great group that you kind of could see there was something special, and they had a chance. You kind of, you kind of knew you had a chance. And um, and yeah, it was just fun to see the, uh, to be along for that ride um and and be able to experience that then the the finals itself is is a whole nother thing like there's there's a lot more to it than than what you just see like when you're when you're growing up watching and it's a uh it's a full-on event and it's it's pretty cool to see and, and be a part of and it's just a you know a bit of a circus at times with what else what's all going on but it's uh yeah it's pretty fun Play i'm sure that was probably team, one right? of your most uh oh, memorable experiences too because that's that's huge that's really cool yeah yeah for sure something i'll never forget obviously winning the uh the conference championship you know that's that's a pretty big accomplishment losing the finals is tough but um it's also special to be a part of it like i was saying it's it's just that whole the whole buzz around the event the uh you know the media day you got the media your whole locker room's packed now after the games. Like every series that goes on, you see it get busier and busier, but then the finals is, is it like, you could just tell there's, you know, there's another, you're on that top level of, of stuff going on. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was just a, it was a cool experience to be a part of. You can't, uh, you can't ask for much more than that except for winning it. But, um, it <laughs> yeah. was still, you know, it was a lot of fun to be, be able to go that far and, and just see that, see that lifestyle of the finals and, and just what it really all involves. It was pretty cool. It must've been pretty tense. Like obviously playing your former team, was there any kind of, um, cause you, you were playing in Pittsburgh, right? It was San Jose and Pittsburgh. <laughs> was there any like players that you've kind of bonded with on Pittsburgh that you were playing with then? And like, was it awkward or was it, how was that experience playing your, your, yeah, no, it wasn't team. awkward. I actually played, we played Nashville that round all, or that season two in the playoffs. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I got to go through two of the old teams, which was, uh, <laughs> but it, it's just, you know, during the season, it's totally different. You play your old teams. It's a little more, you know, you're laughing, joking around, but the playoffs is everybody just kind of knows it's playoff time and nobody's, yeah. you don't have that. So you can tell it's not the same joking around atmosphere and, and, uh, and, it's just, yeah, it's more intense. It's not, uh, yeah, you barely, you barely feel like it's really the team you used to play for, and you just, you just know it's the other team at that point, and you're just kind of playing. Um, yeah, it's tough to lose to the team you just played for the year before, but I mean, it was, uh, it was, 
yeah, it was a, it was an okay series. It was just a, it was a little bit different. I mean, we had a good team, and it was a tough loss. Yeah, I I kind of got two questions that both revolve around mindset and twenty twenty four playoff games is like how how much does that wear on you by the end? Like obviously you get the excitement of the Stanley Cup Finals, but how much does that wear on you? And like so many guys are playing through injuries. I don't know if you were obviously, but what's yeah. that like after twenty four yeah. playoff? It is tough. It's you know the finals is is its own uniqueness because you're you're now playing a. Uh, you know, we're playing a team on the East Coast, so we're basically flying across the country, right? Um, <clears throat> so that's a whole other thing when you get to that that stage. But just, yeah, the playoff time, we were lucky. We were fortunate to win the first series in, I think, five games. Um, so you get a little bit of a break in between series. And then the next one, I think we played uh, St. Louis, Puss, I think. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I got hurt in that series, which was tough um hurt my shoulder I, I actually hurt my shoulder earlier that year with the with Toronto and I had surgery at Nashville like five years before or four years before so I hurt my shoulder again and then I hurt it in this in the second round of playoffs so that was a tough that was a bit of a tough go for the rest of the playoffs it was uh getting you know needles before the games and stuff just to kind of make it through and and just to watch the other guys what guys are battling through and you don't have that time to you know recover and, and get ready to go or you know sometimes you can play 50 percent in a game and and you're just kind of recovering as that game goes because you know you got a break coming up but there's you know there's no break in sight in the playoffs so it's just a matter of get as healthy as you can and try to battle through it and, and then my other mindset question which i've always wondered and it's so cool that i can actually ask someone is how are your nerves? I don't know how calm and collected, but like, are like, are you sleeping at night before Game Six and Stanley Cup Final? Like, yeah, I've always been lucky. I've been a pretty good sleeper. Uh, but I mean, your nerves—the nerves when the uh, when the game time starts. You know, the first game is is something like just to hear it all and and you know what you're going out for, and then the you know the whole show before and the announcements and everything when you're coming out on the ice and you just uh, you know you got the big the uh, mural painted on the ice, the finals and everything. And, and it's just a, yeah, your nerves in the first game are, are pretty high. And then obviously the, once you get down is, is a tough one too. Now, you know, you, you got to win. So that's a tough, you know, nerves are high all day that day. Like, like guys are um, definitely on edge. Everybody knows what's at stake and nobody wants to say it. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty high, highly intense moment for, uh, you know, any team to be a part of a, a situation when you're down, but when you're in the, you know, the finals of the Stanley Cup, it's it's just crank way up. Yeah. <laughs> played in the, the Spangler Cup. How was that? And winning that, that was that must have been a relief too. Yeah, yeah, I get the question a lot. I mean, it was quite the career path to go from the finals to the uh, Swiss League there, but so I had some problems and I needed surgery after that year and playing into the finals gives you that you know, whatever it is, two month break. And I was a free agent. So it was, you know, a little bit of the, um, you know, yeah, it was just a bit of a tough year for me. So re-signing over here, needing surgery was kind of the mixed thing. You're getting some, you know, some minimum offers and, and uh, different things like that and not knowing, you know, I don't know if you could play through the shoulder and not knowing if you want to in, in an 82 game season. And then, it just kind of came down to what I thought the body could handle and, and uh, the realistic side of, you know, some teams didn't want to sign you because you needed surgery. And, and then uh, some teams wanted you to get surgery and then sign. I've already had the surgery. So <clears throat> I just didn't know fully how that would hold up. So the decision to go over there with the less games was, you know, kind of appealing. And then I was with the potential of coming back if all things went well or, or possibly get surgery over there and come back the next year. But um, I had the opportunity to play in that Spangler Cup, which was, you know, to be honest, I didn't know that much about it. I, I knew it was on TV every year around Christmas, and uh, I, did, I didn't watch it a ton growing up. I've I seen a little bit when I think some of the ex-Rangers were on it um, a while ago. But, uh, yeah, to have that experience and, and be a part of Team Canada for the first time, it was it was pretty fun. They you know, they treat you first class. I had a couple of buddies come over and experience with me. It was pretty fun. What What was it like? I can't, I hate that. I, I'm sorry. I keep asking you what everything was like, but 
Um, or how awesome was it live, uh, playing in Switzerland and living in Switzerland? Like you said, the less schemes you get to, I don't know, go on ski trips wherever you wanted to, right? Like, <laughs> it was like quite the, uh, quite the eye opener to, I mean, the hockey's great and the, the level of hockey was awesome. Um, but the lifestyle was amazing. Like for me, it was exactly what I needed, you know, at that time in my, my career, my life, it was, uh, it was you know, kind of, you got your, you got your time off and you could go do anything. Like it was, uh, they treated us really well in that aspect. We were, uh, you know, we get, we get a day off or two days off. We could go to some town in the mountains and go hike around. And like, we were just taking off doing whatever, you know, we got two days off. We would fly over to Budapest or something. Like we were getting like traveling all over me and, uh, two other Canadian guys, well, one American guy, another Canadian guy were on the team. Um, you're allowed four imports in Switzerland. So we had, uh, we had a few other, three other North Americans, a few other North Americans that were Swiss passported, but, uh, we got to travel a lot and, you know, obviously play the hockey is what you're there for, but to experience the traveling was like awesome. Would you say it was, would you like, would you agree that it was like a bittersweet moment leaving the NHL then just because of the injuries and all of that? Yeah, at the time, at the time, I would say I wasn't really thinking about it. Like, I was more so just, yeah, I played, you know, I played enough and I was kind of like, I don't want to battle through this anymore at the time. Um, I almost had the opportunity to come back at the end of the year um, to San Jose again for, for the end of their season, um, my first year. But then we ended up making the playoffs in Switzerland and had to kind of fill out a few things there contract wise. And we, you know, weren't able to make it work. So then after that, I was debating if I, because I had kind of a one year plus one there and I debated coming back or staying and, and just the lifestyle and, and what I was looking for. It was just such a great spot to be for, for kind of, yeah, I don't know. Hockey was obviously first, but it felt like it was kind of, kind of even to, you know, traveling and doing doing other things and playing hockey so it was a nice nice spot to be but looking back it's you know it is tough to uh tough to have had to leave and you know in that way and and kind of end the career that way I guess over there but at the time and and I'm still kind of happy I did I mean it was an awesome spot to be in Switzerland and I got to experience so much outside of the hockey world that it was it was amazing yeah but that'd be amazing experience for sure and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to take too much time. I feel like we kind of kind of ran throughout your whole career, and that was great. Obviously, talking to you. Um, I don't know if we have any last. Wait, wait, before we end, before we end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just missed the one big question, but I think we all want to know too. Is uh, what was it like living in Switzerland? Like you kind of touched it, but compared to Canada, like would you would you say it was really awesome? Yeah, like it's different. I mean, there. I lived in the French side, so they have the French side and the German side, small little Italians portion of it, but mainly French and Swiss German. So I was in Geneva, which is the uh, French side. You're kind of surrounded by France a little bit. Um, so the lifestyle's completely different. Like, I don't know if you guys have been to Europe, but it's like the like everything's closed at lunchtime except for restaurants and restaurants are open and the restaurants are all closed at like two. Wow. So if you get out of the bank late one day and you want to go for lunch, like it's hard to find a spot. Like they're all closed at like two. <clears throat> so it was like, you know, grocery stores are all closed on Sundays, like nowhere to get food. You have to go to the airport or something. <laughs> and so you have to get used to a few of those funny things. Like over here you take for granted, you know, you get back late from game Saturday and you, wake up Sunday wanting to go get some food for, you know, make for lunch and you just don't even think about it. You got nothing in the fridge and you got to go, you know, whatever, some little shack somewhere that's open, but there's not much. It's a, uh, um, yeah, they definitely have that typical saying of, you know, they, they work to live and we live to work over here. Like they're just, uh, you know, they take their holidays for a few months and they're, you know, it's pretty cool culture to be a part of. Um, like, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Like you get to kind of experience life a little bit, uh, slowed down a little more appreciative over there in a way that, uh, and the scenery is beautiful. I mean, the, the mountain ranges everywhere you get to drive through and, and <clears throat> like I said, they get you a car when you go over. So you get to, you know, anytime you got a day off or 
afternoon off you can drive you know i was like 50 minutes to mont blanc down in france you can drive anywhere and just uh -huh. rip around it was pretty fun That's was there a language barrier a little bit yeah like they all, you know, French people, they all say they don't speak English, but they usually speak English better than I speak French. So <clears throat> you can usually get by with telling them they usually would understand you. But in the grocery store and stuff is the hardest because you don't, there's no English on the, on the uh, food or any of that stuff. So you had to like get your Google phone translator out a little bit, or you try to ask somebody and they would be a little bit confused because I think there's a little bit of a difference in the food speaking with the food language than there is uh, just talking that can usually understand you. So sometimes at a restaurant or a uh, the grocery store, you get a little bit of trouble, like trying to get the right thing. I ordered pizza one of my first weeks there, pepperoni pizza. I was like, oh, perfect. Brought it home and I'm picky eater. And it was all peppers, yellow peppers. There was no meat on it at all. It was like, <laughs> terrible. But it was, uh, yeah, so there wasn't, you know, it's manageable and, and you get uh, a couple of the buddies that are English and everything. For some reason, Swiss hockey guys speak great English, like all of them. Even the guys that came over here, they're like oh, yeah. really good at English. So that makes it easy. I don't know why they're so good at it, but they're <laughs> like speaking just as good as us. And then our last question to wrap it up is what, what do you see yourself doing next? What, or, or, I don't know, what do you see in your future? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I mean... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I want to stay involved to a certain extent. Um, I haven't quite found out what that is. Um, I do a little, I've run a little hockey school back in Drayton now in the summers, the past three or four years or maybe more, whatever it's been. Um, but yeah, it's figuring that out. I don't, I don't know. It's got to, luckily this, uh, this COVID thing puts a no real rush on anything. So that, yeah, exactly. that helps me delay my decision, but, um, yeah try to stay involved for sure some <clears throat> some way you know i enjoy helping the uh the younger generation out and see if i can find somewhere in there that's great yeah wish the best of luck to you that's again thanks for coming on it was great to hear your story and really appreciate it oh yeah uh, thank you so much yeah i appreciate it thanks for having me on